Welcome to Infinity Legends, everybody. It's all the first week of August. What are you, are you feeling? You feeling the football fever? <laughs> your friend go? I know I am. I'm not feeling baseball fever. Yeah, uh, me neither. It is. Uh, Both our team, respective teams, have decided to. Yeah. Just kind of die, roll over and die a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have a lot of the Sox have a lot of interesting. Um, they have like nine of the top 100 prospects in baseball now, so 2020 is gonna be really. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I tell my, but the Mets have that too, and then I also, but they like not like they're like, oh yeah, our farm system's great, and you know, it's like I've been hearing our farm system's great for an awful fucking long time. They have sold the copper wiring that the White Sox have out of the building, and I don't know, they they have to have a good farm system. Yeah. If, if they don't have a farm system now, there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah. So all right, um, but baseball is out. Baseball is done. Baseball is done in August for the people that are <laughs> that like the blue collar teams of their of their <laughs> home cities. Uh, but football, football is around the corner, and my team has already forfeited the season. <laughs> they, yeah, they basically uh, someone shared a meme that was like the Patriots deny cheating, but they definitely get five bye weeks this year because they have the Patriots or the uh, the the Bills and the the Jills, the, the Jills, the Jets and Bills combined. Yeah, uh, we, we should save that uh, sexist jokes like that for our uh, Google manifesto section where we I talk know. about this dumbass at Google. But, I know, um, that was re- unreal. I only read half of it, but I will tell it, you, you didn't miss anything. It gets um, yeah, it doesn't well, get any better. Well, the Jets, I mean, forfeited, and also, I mean, our the only part of the season that I was looking forward to was Quincy Inunua, who like is awesome and is just a beast and is really strong really fast dude and it's like get a message uh, notification yesterday cbs sports uh quincy Inunua out for a season with a neck injury in practice with born again christendom oh my god <laughs> and i was like god damn it um so there's that so there's really but i i will to our listeners i i propose this and i might uh to our listeners in tajikistan I'm not shouting out to Djibouti anymore ever since I found out a lot of bad stuff about Djibouti. Yeah, what did you find out? So you found out something about Djibouti and it according really to the, soured you on Yeah, it. according to the CIA World Factbook, uh, female genital mutilation is still a big thing in Djibouti, and I am not cool with that. So Djibouti, you're you're on my shit list. Djibouti. You know, Shigmed, Tajikistan, I kind of, I educated myself on Tajikistan, and Tajikistan is to, Tajikistan is to Russia what El Salvador is to America. Tell me. So, so basically, Tajikistan is just a really, they, really. Russia poor. gave Tajikistan syphilis intentionally. <laughs> That's Guatemala. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so essentially, Tajikistan was Soviet satellite and like well, was a Soviet state up until 1991. Uh, then had a massive civil war and uh, basically among warring fa- political factions that was mostly over resource wealth and not really. It wasn't over really like there was some ethnic. I think there was some Uzbek. Tajik divide, but it wasn't really an ethnic conflict. Moreover, it was just like essentially gang leaders fighting for power, uh, and so it's like essentially, and and they also most of their economy is based off remittances of Tajik immigrant workers in Russia sending money back to America. I mean Russia, so Tajikistan. So just like in El Salvador, it's mostly people immigrants and. Terrorizing law. So in fact, <laughs> according to Donald Trump. So the fact, why is he saying that? Uh, well, like MS13 and uh, they're, oh, they're, oh yeah yeah. Um, but they're talking about he was saying the Tajiks were were in like Long Island was lousy with Tajiks. No no no, it's just the same thing. It's just like so El Salvador, which is essentially a colony of the United States, uh, is just sends all their their economy is completely based on remittances from the United States. So it's the same thing. So Tajikistan. You're cool in my book. Uh, most of you probably do not listen to this, but hey, if you most, do, there's a good chance that most of Tajikistan has never heard of us. Yeah, but hey, we're reaching out to you, and I'd like to hear from you. Um, speaking of uh, Asia, moving further east, um, 
We we should we said we weren't going to talk about it, but we should talk a little bit about North Korea. Yeah. Because um, th- today what happened was um, originally I was like, let's table this for a little bit. Like nothing's going to happen. But then it seemed like something is going to happen because yeah. there's been this brinkmanship uh, that's been uh, engaged in by both sides, which usually is not the case. Specifically today, because today Trump said. Um, we're going to meet you with fury, frankly, and power like you've never seen. I've never even seen it. I don't even know. They tell me. It's great. I don't know. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. I dropped the biggest bombs. You wouldn't <laughs> believe it. These bombs are so huge. Oh my That's God. Gonna <laughs> there's going to be fire. There's going to be fury. It's going to be unbelievable. I mean, when Trump drops bombs, usually it's him taking a shit and starting nuclear problems <laughs> and political problems for himself. So he knows, yeah. he knows something about this. But it is kind of jarring to see the pretty typical type of rhetoric uh, that you see from North Korea um, met with with saber rattling from the United States. And the first thing that I thought was, um, this is, of all the things that Donald Trump has, and all the, of all the ways he's let down his base, this is the thing they elected him for. Yeah. They like the optics of someone... Not ba- of an American president not backing down in the face of a martial threat because we could wipe them out. Yeah, um, it would. It would throw up a whole global refugee crisis. Three so seconds of thought indicates why it's why it's a terrible. Yeah. It's a so it would be like idea. the surface of the moon. <laughs> yeah, we would. Yeah, we would lose a, a few like world powers, let alone allies. Yeah. and uh, ang- anger to other. Frank, you know, effectively enemies. China and Russia. We'll get to them later, but yeah, China and Russia would just be flooded with just basically illiterate refugee immigrants. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you know, they would have, they feel attacked. I mean, it'd be active, it's, it's not, no one, even the Trump administration yeah. is not thinking about yeah. launching a preemptive nuclear attack on, on Pyongyang. Yeah. But, um, it, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, that's what they wanted to see out of Trump. Uh, hopefully he's smart enough to be talked out of it by other people. Mm-hmm. But not that, not that there, I don't think there feels any well, temptation to do anything about, about it. The thing is that he did it in public rhetoric, whereas Obama would mess with North Korea too, but just in his kind of like subtle professorial way. When they, didn't North Korea launch a missile and then the CIA essentially we kind of like stuck netted them? Like we we we. Just, uh, I think uh, that happened when they hacked Sony. Oh, that was it. And he after Jane Franco and Seth Rogen <laughs> or made a movie. Which, by the way. <laughs> By the way, I wrote a blog post on this uh, on on the uh, the father of Infinity License. You know, Infinity License. The, the blog, blog is also very popular to Jakistan. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all over the caucuses too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, no, but on that topic, that, that this is now getting further afield. But like, when what was it like 2013 or something? Uh, 14. I think so. Um, uh, North Korea basically hacked Sony and released a bunch of you know rich lizard people emails. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they and they released um, 
like a bunch of uh, unauthorized footage. Maybe they're hacking HBO now because they released all those yeah, Game of Thrones. It's possible. Uh, that is that is systemic damage to. to I our know society. that's the American economy crumbling. Really, we can't watch. Noah Syndergaard was in the latest episode of Game of Thrones too. He I was, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> he probably just wandered on set, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, you put the bill." <laughs> Um, but anyway, the, but the reason uh, North Korea was mad a couple years ago was because we made a movie that depicted the violent death of their leader. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of get that. I mean, if they made a propaganda movie that featured Obama getting his face graphically blown off. How much people lost their mind about Kathy Griffin with a, a essentially I paper, agree. paper mache. I agree like, with the... <laughs> with the, with the, the, the um, the controversy I mean, with the um, the hell am I trying to say blowback the blowback from category well that, well, that was dumb, the, dumb the, stuff, but yeah. yeah I mean you shouldn't like political violence is something that I think that we should try to move past I felt I felt the same way about people that were happy to see Richard Spencer get punched it's yeah. like listen you fucking pussy like online liberal cucks yeah. do not want the Nazis to start punching back this is not the way this is settled you know and let alone the fact that like Nazism is not super prevalent in our society. We have way more effective means of uh, disseminating the power yet, <laughs> dispelling the power of of this ideology. Um, yeah, well, you know, if it starts to get to that point, we'll start. To, but when you start punching, don't just punch. You have to kill. You know, you have you to. Sound you sound like Neville Chamberlain, peace <laughs> in our time, such a, an appeaser. <laughs> I love Neville Chamberlain's music. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, so we might all just be, by the time this podcast goes to, goes to the internet, um, the we, internet might only be available to like a few people in Africa on their smartphones yeah. exclusively. Or some just like really paranoid millionaires that have built the, their shelters in like, yeah, the in, preppers. uh, rural Wyoming. Not the, uh, not unfortunately, it will not be reached, uh, listened to in the w- global, like biological repository. You know, they built this like, um, this repository for all the cells of uh, basically enough, oh, yeah, yeah. enough in, cellular in material. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in like some fjord base yeah. Yeah, yeah. mountain in Norway. And it like, they get breached. Something breached it. Like yeah. there was like water that got in or something like yeah. ruining because a bunch of, of global warming. Luckily right? we have plenty of cells left over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I give some cells. I give my cells to a company <laughs> you did? Yeah, to, to find out where, if I'm really Italian. Turns out oh, that, yeah. 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 I thought this was going to be a uh, jerk-off joke. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, Those is, cells are real easy to come by in, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a lot of cells I don't need. If anybody wants them, in fact, please uh, comment. At, at <laughs> Infinity License, at Ellie DeFranco. <laughs> yeah, ha- happy to uh, meet up and donate some cells. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, North Korea, um, all right, so would you like to, uh, move on, um, yeah. so, I would like to talk about, I, I, just quickly, I'd like to talk about, I think How, what, what do you think the number of cells, of cells in the average, uh, couple centimeters, cubic centimeters worth of Trump's brain, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna continue the jerk off joke, but, yeah, yeah. No. Tr- Trump is, is numerically challenged, is he not? Yeah, um, this has been a thing that's bothered me, and actually, it's bothered me since the election, and it's bothered me since the uh, the, the rhetoric of where he talks about GDP growth. So he goes, China, 6%. USA, 1%? You kidding me? China, 6%? USA, come on, we're better than that. And he does this whole thing where it's like, well, he doesn't understand that a percentage is like a fraction, and it only depends on the size of, like, 6%. And I, I, my whole family, who is just, uh, like, who, 
extended family who are brainwashed by Fox News at this point. Um, I lost when somebody threw the grenade in the room about after the election about Trump and Thanksgiving dinner, and I had had about five glasses of wine. <laughs> They're like, "Well, look, Trump says he's like he, he's saying things like, look, Obama did a bad job. Only like one to two percent GDP growth, and now China's got six percent growth." I'm like, "You guys don't understand fractions or math." I was like, Do you, "Okay, so I wrote down the stats: GDP of USA, eighteen trillion. Okay, GDP of China, eleven point five trillion." So I tried to explain that yes, if they sustain that growth. But it's like saying that, would you rather be the person who has a $100,000 a year salary and gets a 3% raise, or the person who has a $50,000 a year salary and gets a 6% raise? <laughs> I would, as a, there's a parable about the grain of rice that like has to be paid in debt. Yeah. Um, whatever so like whatever that parable says. That's yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So, but that's my point. So then, also, so then I wrote out down other stats where I'm like, so this is all from Bloomberg. Uh, as of 2016... Share of world economy, USA, 22%. China, 13%. GDP per capita, this is the big one, and this is what I really hit them home with, is 55000 for USA. China, guess what it is? Uh, well, they got a shit ton of people. Yeah, um, about three say, times more. <laughs> I would say, USA. I'm going to guess, like, I want to say like $10,000. 75000 Okay. So... Again, would you rather live in the country where the median per capita income is fifty-five or seven point five? You'd rather live here, but the question is uh, is momentum, it's direction of change. Yeah, but like I don't think. Here's the thing: I also don't think maybe they're right. So <laughs> Donald so, Trump is right about this yeah. economic issue. No, no, no. But the, the, uh, at the so logically, if they keep up this rate of growth, it'll go until twenty thirty-six. I don't think that twenty thirty-six they will eclipse the United States economy at this pace. I don't think that's going to happen. Because they're 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 saddled with a lot of debt. It's a lot of their numbers are gained a little bit, and also basically, like I talked to a journalist who worked in China, and he's like, basically, what you have in China is you have a population the size of the United States that has about the same like percentage proportion of rich people, middle class people, and poor people, and then except the only difference is you can add about five hundred million peasants onto that population. So that's the difference. So it's like adding the poorest poor people poorer than the people. Do you know how much social services they get? I don't know. But I don't, I think, think, I don't huge, but I think they're a huge. Uh, but they do are entitled to a lot, and they have a much older population, a, a, a bigger population that's <laughs> aging faster than ours. If someone, if someone came to me and was like, "Hey, should we go communist?" and I'm like, "Well, how many people do you have?" and they're like, uh, "Approximately like a seventh of the human species," and be like, "No, no, 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 too, far too many people. <laughs> All you're gonna do is create a lot of problems." Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other interesting thing about you know the. The Chinese, um, their growth that they've had for like the last 15 years is that um, they, which is slowing down, which has many right. problems, uh, the human labor has never been, human capital has never been l- lower valued in the long term. Right. You know, if you discount the sort of value flow uh, of, um, of what a human labor next generation is worth, it's way lower than it would have been. Had, had they been in this position 70 years ago, uh-huh. they would have been looking at the amount at at still being able to maintain like nine percent GDP growth, which they were doing a couple of years ago, right? Um, for the next the next three generations, you right, know? right? But now it's it, yeah, the the technological know how is being condensed. 
Um, well, that's and, like, I think like the labor arbitraging is going to stop eventually. So that's like drives. That's already happening. Yeah, it's already yeah. seen. So the, the like other economies will figure it out and they'll be like, okay, it also you know takes a long time to ship crappy under like uh, stuff from China just because we're paying them. And now we're honestly paying American workers about it comes out about the same after you factor in like shipping costs and all that stuff, and uh, and so the, you're just like all right, well then I guess we're and and we also don't have to deal with the externalities of like our workers committing mass suicide from the roofs of Foxconn because they can't make enough iPhones. Well, enough. that's I mean that is something that is outside the purview of like they, business absolutely should care about that, but yeah. that's not going to affect their like GDP. Yeah, that's true. they're just losing they're losing assets that they have a lot of. Right. Um, but that's my point. I, that was the short thing is that I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. You, if you At the base, yeah, it does look like, oh, yeah, they have six. He just sees, they have 6%, we have 2%. But I'm like, you're not factoring it into the size of our economy versus theirs, the amount of people we have versus them. And, the, like, also just, like, the, these both soft and hard values that, like, we have. Yeah. You're, not, you're not, like, thinking, you're just like, well, 6% is better than 2%, so Obama I mean, did a bad job. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, China is probably – I, I, yeah, obviously your point – well, your overall point is that Trump has no idea what – he numbers need to be contextualized. Yeah. And he provides no context for – I mean, Trump says a lot of stupid shit. Like, he's said uh, – you know, he was talking about how this is a bubble economy that we're in, and now he's taking complete ownership of it. Yeah. Which he's going to completely disavow once it crashes at oh, some yeah. point, you know, yeah. in the next couple of years. Um, Upcoming I, segment: Predict the bubble. Oh yeah, <laughs> bubble yeah. bath. Yeah. Bubble bath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, he, I, if you're trying to convince me that Trump is is an idiot, uh, you're you're pushing an open door. I think um, the my takeaway from this is like I don't want to hear any talk about a Trump doctrine or like this is very Trumpian economics. There is no such thing any more than there could be like a blind person's view on what red looks like yeah, yeah. because he doesn't have any idea what he's talking about. And so he's screeching into a cave. Um, very odd analogy. I don't know why I said that. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> you can hear back a cave. Yeah. Like, yeah that's, well, that's it's just kind of like, <laughs> I mean, he's screeching in from the top of a mountain with his Twitter account. And, and, and then like, he's also, I think, I, I just, I think Trump, doc, yeah, people like give him credit with Trump doctrine. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's not a doctrine. It's just some dumb guy who has Fox News. There's, a, there's, there's even more of a Trump doctrine on the military response to North Korea because at least it's coming from a perspective of, you know, he, he knows that there is a range of belligerents, a spectrum of belligerents that he can choose from to respond to, you know, this threat or this possible threat. And, uh, and he's doing it intelligently. With economics, he has absolutely no fucking idea yeah, what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. Another thing, by the way, on the North Korea thing, I, like, is anybody talking about why do we have to do anything? Like, the, if they attack – I mean, the reason this is happening now is because Kim Jong-un said that there was going to be physical retaliation if there was – which, again, they say death to America all the time. Everybody yeah. says death to America. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's hack guys. It's yeah, passe. Yeah. Come up with death to Canada. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know everyone. They're they're our nice neighbors, but they're kind of sneaky. Trudeau's kind of Canada a is exactly described. The, the national um, description of Canada is exactly who like school shooters end up being. <laughs> like, I never would have thought. Yeah, I knew they had guy, guns, but they were apologetic. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, he had a couple. He, he, He's seemingly popular. He had Drake. He had Justin Bieber. Justin Trudeau's <laughs> really hot. And I, did, I never thought that. But I guess he lived in that weird place up in the woods. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And he just like he was really obsessive over a, a sport where they would just like slide on ice for him. Um, yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Wait, no, ice just, sliding sport. I don't know. What, what, uh, what was were you going to say though? Like why? Oh, just I don't think I think that the answer to North Korea could potentially be let's just not do anything. Like I mean that's that was the well, they, we're, like when they're at, we're still technically I mean we're at war. There's an armistice with North Korea. Like the yeah, we're not really at war. Yeah, but according to them, they think we are. Well, they according they don't have any fucking. They're an autarky. You know, like we we don't care. I know we don't care, but like in the ISIS thinks, they're, ISIS thinks they're just waiting to control the rest of the world. It doesn't matter to us. No, I know. It's but like, it's, it's still like, I mean, it's still, I, I think according to international law, like that war is, the North Korea, the Korean war is not, it's an armistice still. It's still in a, a zone where it's just kind of like, okay, we're just, we've called a truce in 1955 or whenever it was. <laughs> and, and that truce is still in place. That's why they, that's why they, that guy who was the, veteran who served in Korea and he went for some reason to North Korea I don't know why not the kid who died but the older guy there's a guy obviously the older guy who served in Korea Nathaniel Warmbier I don't remember him uh, but he but they took him as a prisoner of war they were like okay you're a prisoner because you actually were an active combatant oh yeah yeah, that yeah, guy. yeah yeah well alright don't travel to North Korea don't bomb North Korea don't send people or bombs there also I'm curious why you say armistice like a BBC reporter armistice armistice I didn't listen to BBC World Report. It's game number 70 of the armistice in North it? Korea. The DMZ. How do you say it? Armistice. I, what did I say? Armistice. That's not that different. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anyway, that's Trump can't do math. That's uh, that's that's not news to anybody. But I really, it was just something that got stuck in my craw, and I had to do. I had to talk about it. Moving on to uh, we we got another, here's a guy who's really good at math. Yeah. Uh, very good at very good at all logic puzzles. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, he's a man who has a piece of tape over his uh, laptop camera. Oh yeah. Uh, as you've seen in a video. He does um, not want the NSA watching him do whatever he does in front of that computer. He has a good reason to. Yeah. He's a man who has taken inspiration from Bill Gates in naming his gigantically funded uh, nonprofit after not only him, but his wife as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a man who knows more about who you have a crush on than you do. And if they're hot or not. And whether they're hot or not. <laughs> And he's a man who, that's the extent of what he knows about uh, human sexuality. It is Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, the Zuck. <laughs> President Zuckerberg. Uh, when did this, I tried to look for the source of where, it's like, because he's obviously doing this national tour of like, for some reason he's going to like auto factories and something like that where he's like, I'm not running for president, I just want to see what it's like to work in a, a car factory in Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 Don't mind me, car factory workers. Uh, my, I just, just brought my hard hat. Yeah, no, he's got a little hair sticking on that. My glorified uh, forum uh, <laughs> company is uh, basically. I figured out how to make uh, a forum, a <laughs> web forum, the most uh, like popular website on the planet, and uh, and now is popularized by is populated not by me, but mostly by wine moms and. Uh, <laughs> And grandmas, it seems And like. my, like, student debt association, in which emails me telling them to like them on Facebook. Yeah, it's like, oh, um, God, what a bunch of... Zuckerberg snakes. tweeted out a couple of weeks ago, um, like, a picture of a fucking empty cornfield. I think we talked about this in this podcast, and it was like, I am in Iowa. This is my kind of place. <laughs> Really? Are you a, like, piece of wind? <laughs> There's the one of him. Did you see the picture of him? Like, he took a selfie. I think it was in Wisconsin, too, where it was him eating, like, a brat or a sausage or something. What like is it in Wisconsin? Wisconsin's not like a... I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's, it's, it's a state. purple it's, state. Yeah, it is a swing state, yeah. State. And I, I don't know if it was Wisconsin or Michigan or... Maybe it was Illinois. He was somewhere in 
you know, me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a coastal elite, so... And Zuckerberg is from my... He's from Westchester County, so if yeah. you're the president... First, he, first Westchester... Pre- no, there's got to be other presidents from Westchester. I don't think so. Some might have lived there. T- I mean, Clinton lives... I mean, he, Well, she's he, not president. Bill Clinton, though, did. Well, he... No, he, But he wasn't there yeah, before. He's... Yeah. Um, he not only is he from Arkansas, but he brought a very Arkansas style of politics. To, so he's like very Arkansas. Oh yeah, you know, I mean that all that kind of uh, shady under the table dealings and stuff. That's like typical Arkansas politics. Yeah. I, yeah. Trust me, I know a lot about Arkansas. Yeah, politics. you know a lot about those Razorbacks. Um, um, but yeah, he also wait hold on back to this 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 sausage. She's just like, I love this this meat tube that that I. It's just like take, he took a selfie with it where the lighting is all fucked up. I'm like, dude, I know you have like a good. You have the best camera, and this is what you posted to a view of this is like disgusting. He didn't do the Mitt Romney thing, right? Where Mitt Romney was looking for a, a donut or something. He's like, I'd like a, uh, I'd like a, a one of those uh, sweeties. <laughs> Give me a sweetie. Do you know the name of a donut? <laughs> uh, God. Well, anyway, so the guy who I love that. Oh, sorry, I stepped on your point, but uh, so Zuckerberg is kind of this. He. Imagine if we just explained to George Orwell, like, how, it's like, hey, you know how, like, your nightmare about an omnipotent, like, kind of big brother that, like, can see into everybody's home and, and monitor everyone? Yeah, instead of being a Stalinistic kind of, like, dictator guy, he's just kind of nerd from Westchester who dropped out of Harvard and, like, screwed screwed some some guys who are now Bitcoin millionaires out of some twins. Of, Almost Bitcoin millionaires. Almost Bitcoin. They're, they're, they're having, the Winkle Austin is having some success with their... Uh, yeah, they, well, they run the exchanges. That's what, they recently yeah. got some SEC approval, though, that like they weren't able to get a couple years ago. Yeah, they are going to be fine. Yeah, they, uh, they were always going to be fine, but they're like... Although uh, they do suffer from the same problem... six or five, and there are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, they suffer from the same problem that China does, which is that they wealth, their wealth has to be split yeah. by too many, too big of a divisor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If there were just one person... And they would be much richer. <laughs> but he would be much richer. Stupid twins, stupid identical twins. Um, um, but it would probably be in good taste for one of them to like become a woman or something like that, just to put them back in the public eye. It'd be a good, like the uh, what's good marketing the, the Wachowskis. Yeah. Like the Wachowskis, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, here's my take on uh, on Zuckerberg. Um, Lenny's so, take. What? <laughs> Lenny's take on Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Theme music yeah. Uh, coming. Um, I think that. You know, when I first heard about the idea of, like, Zuckerberg clearly getting ready to run for president, I mean, so first of all, there's practical considerations to take into account, like, what is his base? Um, the answer is very few people. I think that, like, you know, he's not really a politician. I think that he's probably feared by more of society than, um, I wonder how many people in society know who he is. That's a good question. I think a good portion. I think because, I think thanks to Aaron Sorkin's Oscar-winning film i think a lot of people know who he actually is i don't do you think, I think know his but, name though what do you think what do you think the chances are people accidentally vote for jesse eisenberg instead <laughs> <laughs> of mark zuckerberg they write in they're like uh who was it in the movie jesse eisenberg the, uh, the like mississippi ballot's gonna have uh mark zuckerberg calling facebook you <laughs> i don't know that he has that much name recognition i think that he has a national profile i know that his technology has a national profile, yeah. but it'll be, if he when he actually starts to run, if he decides to, to fully commit to this, um, it'll certainly. I think at that point it'll be a, a short a short climb for him to get national recognition. So assuming he has that, I think that the um, I, I assume he'd be a Democrat, right? Yeah, he's um, right. Yeah, he's a Democrat. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be an interesting opportunity for him to inaugurate some new party. I mean, he's probably not going to win. Yeah. So you I, I, should just take one for the team and inaugurate some sort of like progressive, like, socially aware libertarian party, or whatever the fuck he wants to be, just because my main drumbeat, which I'm going to keep beating, 
Um, speaking of me doing Excel, <laughs> beat that drum. Is that <laughs> among other things? <laughs> is that I want I want more parties. I want a, a, a selection of parties. So he could he could do that. Oh hell yeah! Um, I mean he's already on the mainstream of, of the party. But anyway, my my in addition to the question of whether he would have a base or not, um, my main thought about like okay, picture President Zuckerberg. I think that he'd probably be a really good manager, um, because the president is a manager. Uh, he he doesn't know anything about politics, but I think that that could be um, a benefit. I think that. In that vein, like you were making all the same arguments to Republicans on Fox News made for Donald Trump, right? <laughs> but, but, like, that, except for he was a horrible manager. But, but he he claims to, it doesn't matter. He's a horrible manager, yes, but he claims to be a well. He claims. I mean, yeah. he could. You know, someone on anyone could claim to be something. I mean, yeah. Like the, the fundamentally, like Mark Zuckerberg is someone who has built up a, a business by himself. He he invented a new class of of lived experience. You know, uh-huh. like. Um, this this online world that we're in, like Web 2.0 is arguably like due to he's the main the main exponent of it. Yeah. Um, I think that like, but it, so like in terms of like who would be a good manager, like is he the best? Like I think you could say like Sheryl Sandberg would probably be a better manager because she actually as the chief operating officer. You Larry like, Summers acolyte, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, she. I mean, she would be even much more in the Democratic mainstream, which is not a good thing, but it'd probably lead. She'd have because she's a woman, and also because she has more. Um, operational experience. Uh, I think she'd probably be a better manager than him. Um, but she and, and was she managed would, by him. She was. I mean, he's a visionary. Like he's he's the role that he fills is not. Yeah, she not, made not Facebook. Facebook, Facebook right now is like one of the most profitable companies, if not the most profitable company on earth. It's like three times more profitable than Google, by the way. Really? Which we're gonna get to. Yeah. Facebook makes. I want to say like a hundred something thousand dollars per employee or something. Oh, wow. It's insane. It might be more than that. I might be watching that. It, it's if anything, it's higher. But. And that's due to Sheryl Sandberg. But they also can't pay their kitchen staff to a a living wage. They don't? No, you didn't see that. There was a Times article about how a guy who works at at Facebook is just like, oh, yeah, we have to unionize because I live in a garage. (laughs) That's that's unconscionable. Um, He should catch hell for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Especially if he wants to be president. He should have been... Like, that should have been a thing he vetted. It was like... And it was... It wasn't... Facebook direct. It was a co- company that Facebook tra- contracts out to serve them lunches. But it's like, yeah. well, bro. I mean, for the visionary, you should have checked out. Maybe uh, are we paying? Are we paying the people a living wage? No. Uh oh. Uh oh. Do I have accidental slaves in my uh, in my forum empire? <laughs> That's the next. Uh, yeah, the next uh, Brad Paisley song. Yeah. Who was the one that did that song? Accidental racist with the LL Cool J. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, but my, my main thought with, with him, like, aside from that, is that after thinking, like, yeah, he'd be a good manager. Okay, there's actually a lot of good managers. I think that some work for him that would probably be better. There's also the fact that, like, I don't like the idea that one of the most powerful humans in the world, especially one of the most powerful entrepreneurs in the world, is uh, president. And this goes back to a topic that we talked about a few weeks ago, which was, if you are president, should you be forced to give up your enterprise? And I think the answer is a pretty comfortable yes. Yeah. Because the idea is um, you are the most powerful person in the world and the uh, wages of that are that you have – or or the the price of that is that you have to get rid of the thing that got you there. Yeah. And there's – you're going to eliminate all kinds of conflicts of interest. Uh, And nowhere is this more prevalent than with Mark Zuckerberg because um, uh, you – he specifically has – access to people's minds to not only not only what they're thinking but also control of what a critical mass of society is thinking to a, to a degree that no president no political figure should have and so i would want to see him 
I don't think he's going to divest in Facebook. And unless that's brought fully, that question is fully resolved, I would never support him here, as president. Here is what would make me get – Zuckerberg would have my vote today and I would campaign for this guy if he said, if I become president, I am shutting down Facebook. I'm just pulling the plug on this thing. This thing was bad news. I'm sorry I did it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've ruined everyone's lives. I've somehow radicalized your grandma into like to reading like just <laughs> Russian bots who share things about uh, Ob- is Obama a lizard communist probably. Like, what was your joke about uh, something about your parents getting off Facebook? Oh yeah, no. So here's I think this is the solution to this is the solution to America's electoral problem. Let me know. I think it, it flies in the face of a lot of our laws around <laughs> election voting. But honestly, and eugenics, frankly, yeah, yeah, no, not eugenics. It's a, this is a, this is a indiscriminate. This is really more of an ageist kind of policy than anything. So it's it's an ageist policy. But the policy is, and this is will solve American democracy because any, let's be honest, voting is messed up in America anyway. So yeah. there, um, so here is the deal. If you are 55 or older, you can vote, but you can only vote if you can prove that you have unregistered from Facebook. <laughs> so, so if you delete your Facebook account and you're over 55, you can vote. Great. If you want to stay on Facebook and and hang out on Facebook and you, you're just too lazy to get your family to just Gmail you pictures of your grandparents, whatever. Use Picasa. Yeah, use Picasa. Use something like that. The greatest thing about Picasa is that my dad can't figure out how to use it. I will volunteer to show people how to share pictures and images in another way besides Facebook. And I will make this happen if everyone over 55 just deletes their Facebook accounts. And you get to vote. If you don't, if you and also you're free to keep it if you wanna if you wanna do that, but you forfeit your right to vote. And I think that's I, the, I support it. I support yeah, it. We, I know, we need to we need to end the scourge of, of old people that, that think they know things. It yeah. is I, I literally truly it's already I mean look the damage it's already done. Yeah, it's it, like we're already in the situation where it, it, you, you guys accidentally voted in a fellow, you know, Alzheimer's patient <laughs> because you just didn't understand that you know, that Hillary Clinton deleting 33,000 emails as opposed to Donald Trump being an open criminal <laughs> for, for most of his life <laughs> with known mafia ties <laughs> and, uh, like, known shyster and uh, owes money all over town to everybody. But, you know, that's that. And he's president of the United States. Um, um, yeah. The uh, I, I, I have a couple more points on the Zuckerberg thing. Sure. Um, so the first – one of them is that I think that the, the prospect of um, – him running for president hints at something that I think Donald Trump might have opened up this can of worms, which might actually be a good thing. And it's that I think that we're going to – what if this be, makes us more comfortable with non-politicians being president? Yeah. Um, it's like The Rock. Like The Rock, <laughs> like Oprah. Dwayne Johnson, um, Oprah. I would – Dwayne Johnson, Oprah ticket. That's my right. That's my. They would win. Yeah, they, they would, would win. win. I would fucking. I would vote for that in a second. I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, be hard pressed. I'd be like, give me enough reason not to vote for this. America would be zen. We'd be. We'd be all living our best selves. We'd be. We're getting swole. And Oprah. <laughs> Oprah honestly would not be a bad president. No, I mean, she's great. She's, she's a, a self starter. She's starting her own business empire. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, she has to learn about foreign policy. But she's I mean, like Trump, but good. Like she. I'm like you know she's starting her own media empire. And you know who my theory is? Who the the liberal equivalent of Trump, Donald Trump is Who? Michael Jackson. I think that Michael Jackson, President Michael Jackson, would have been the liberal equivalent because you have a guy who's like fundamentally not that smart, 
but has had some success. Undeniable talents and charisma in certain respects. Yeah. Um, has a very is mostly just a very fluffy ideologue. We're talking like 1987, Michael Jackson, right? Or not? well, now he's dead. So <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we're just talking about like prime Michael Jackson, not like the last ten years of Michael Jackson's life. He was pretty. Um, you don't like, think Donald Trump's going crazy too? I mean, yeah, but like Donald Trump's going crazy in a way that Michael Jackson wasn't charismatic in the last ten years of his life. He was like a fentanyl addict. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump's not charismatic. Either. He's charismatic to people who hate our society. Yeah, that's true. Michael Jackson would preach to people who love us, who love one another. Yeah. Um. If you ran... Okay, I mean... Grand He's City, talking about the man in the mirror. He yeah, the mirror up to America. Very unpopular political <laughs> message, by the way. You probably couldn't pick a less popular political message than start with the man in the mirror. It, unless it's a two-way mirror and you're looking and you're voyeuristically looking at someone else. That is popular. Um, another thing I was thinking is that I, Zuckerberg as president would be helpful, I think, in the sense of, like, I want, I want a technocratic president. I want someone who's, like, a futurist. I don't share the like wide derision of Silicon Valley. Uh, the, the ethical, I kinda, like, we can I, I kind of do, but uh, it, it's yeah. of course you do. It's, it's yeah. a popular, it's a popular I, thing. I know, you're, I know. you're a lemming, like all the other no, 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 not a lemming. It's like I work in technology. I mean, I guess you do too, but I work in technology, and I'm like up. Like the emperor has no clothes here. Like he, no, there, there's no. Uh, there, were, there was a strain of thought that said, "Look at Juicero. Look at these fucking." Uh, and we're gonna definitely get to this in the next section. Uh, look at these 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 whack whack offs that like think that they're doing God's work all the time and they're they're not solving our problems. I think that totally ignores the idea of the really optimistic um, ethic of like, hey, we can solve problems. Like if you reduce what's wrong with things to problems that you can actually solve, and you can we have new technology that is undoubtedly getting better. Uh, you can use this to to solve it, and you just have to have to find a, it, it's a framework for making yeah, things better. But like, but so. Elon Musk certainly tackles those kind of things, and he's doing the thing. I would argue that I'd rather have an Elon Musk than a Mark Zuckerberg because Elon Musk is is essentially – he's trying to be like a Henry Ford, whereas Mark Zuckerberg made a really good web for him. You know what I mean? Like it's a, he just he, – yeah. he, he optimized the internet in a way, which was smart of him, and I blame him. But if we take away Facebook tomorrow – like society is going to be fine. I think society would be worse off. I think that it would be. I, I mean, look, there's there's lots of problems with Facebook. I think that they're a monopoly, and I think they're killing publishing to a large degree. There's, I'm not saying that Facebook as is is like the best. You know, it, it's not the best version of of a mass public square that we could have. It has digitized the public square in a way that's I really guess useful. so. But I think that um, you know, you there are other platforms that would just yeah, Reddit, kill the yeah. Board. Reddit, Twitter, I, I, and absolutely. Like, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. My my point is more like okay, so, well, specifically to that to that point. Um, which, because it's an interesting point, Elon Musk, and I'm a big Elon Musk fan, but I think it's because of this idea of we have so we have such a lack of optimism and uh, agency. I think in our society, we're all very cynical, and you look to these people who are doing these really big scale things, mm-hmm. uh, and it it is I think it's inspiring. The fact that uh, that um, it's coming from um, one area should not be should not diminish the fact that it, it's it's one of the few sources of inspiration in our society. Elon Musk, yeah, he's like an Henry Ford in, this, in an industrial sense. He's also doing stuff that's like really necessary. I mean, like there hasn't been uh, until now as concerted a push as there should have been for let's just fucking buckle down and figure out how to power a house on a battery yeah, that you can yeah. connect to or a solar panel yeah, and then a car and then, you know, and these are all things, I mean, that are kind of intuitive. I mean, that's kind of the genius of Elon Musk is that Aside from going to Mars, 
the stuff that he's doing is um, very. He didn't invent the need for it. You right. know, he's not. He didn't come up with something new. But the way that Mark Zuckerberg did. That's that's what I'm saying though. That's why. So that's why I argue that the Silicon Valley Silicon Valley is kind of split into two cases. I think more of them are kind of. They're going after the low-hanging fruit that's already been picked, which is the, the Zuckerbergs have done and the people that have created Reddit or other social media. So, like social media and all that stuff. It's not like – it's – yeah, it's created an interesting space and actually may have ruined us because it got us this Twitter president that's a, a moron. You know? um, but, OK, aside from that point, my point is that like – or even the companies like Casper Mattresses or whatever – Casper, if you're willing to sponsor us, I will walk back on the statement I'm about to say. But they're just like – they just essentially figured out a way to – destroy, like, mattress stores <laughs> and deliver mattresses as opposed to, like, Henry Ford built a new metal horse. And Elon Musk is figuring out a way to launch somebody from L.A. to San Francisco in an hour. You know, like, like that's... that's that, there, there are many... There are many externalities from, from automation in general, like, the fact that all these tools are making us more efficient and we're losing the need for workers... That's bad. Um, we got to figure out what to do about that. Um, and I also completely, I mean, I don't agree about the, the stu- sheer, not only the not the unnecessary, the non-necessity of some of these companies, the stupidity of some of these companies. Yeah. I mean, I am very cynical about a lot of aspects of the way that like SaaS businesses are um, funded. I think that a lot of them are just... Software as a service for the layman. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's capital chasing returns because they have so much money that they can't put in junk bonds. There's not enough junk bonds to satisfy them, so they got to create junk companies. Yeah. I totally don't think that the society would be worse off. It'd probably be better off if, there was, if we had to go to a mattress store and talk to a human being to buy a mattress. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the idea of like, let's... The, the disrupt idea, like, in general, I think is a good... Uh, inheritor of the human impulse towards like finding new ways to extend ourselves. Yeah. And uh, everyone's rolling their eyes at this right now. Well, I'm but, I, or, but I, I, I respect the impulse. Or because I, I respect it. It's, we got to come to terms with it. There's also jobs. There's plenty of technology jobs that you're like, that all these Silicon Valley places that, and it's certainly a symptom of millennials being a part of these companies where they're, they're like, we got to sell ourselves. Like we're changing the world. Like with the, whether it's with the Juicero or with Tesla, you know, so, so one of those I think is changing the world and one is not. Um, and, and I think that's really the, what we have to think about. And I think that that causes a lot of my uh, skepticism or jadedness towards those. So it's, I think companies, and we talked about this before, where it's that if you're not trying to change the world, if you're trying to run a business and you're satisfying a service and need and with a technology, that's great. Just say that. And get and people will work for you for that. Like, you don't have to make it so the, the ethos of just like, we're saving the world. Granted, there's, we should use technology to also attack the world's greatest problems like climate change and energy consumption and, and fit, like curing major diseases and that, that kind of stuff and potentially launching us to Mars and all that good stuff. Uh, and we should do that too. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We, so, we, we need a, we for sure need to, um, align the, the energy of Silicon Valley with better incentives than it currently is because right now it's just a capital return mechanism. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, I think like yeah, companies like Tesla, Apple. I, I'm not against those companies. Uh, they, they, I mean, Apple. I don't, I don't have any particular affinity for Apple. They're a hardware maker, and they're and they're. But that's like, what I'm saying. I think hardware serves an exploitative hardware. employer. Like, yeah, I guess so. yeah. but I, I, I don't care. I, I have an Apple device. We're recording on an Apple device. 
By the way, microphones next to two Apple devices. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean, I I'm I would like for for the the energy to be redirected, but I guess maybe I'm kind of implying that I have faith that that the energy of Silicon Valley will be directed redirected. Put it this way, the I think that you could you don't have Silicon Valley with the predecessor um, zeitgeist, which is like the hippie movement. Yeah, and so that idea of open sharing and like imagining what could come after this eventually gave uh, the, created this new construct this new this new existence in which um, you could nurture an environment of sharing ideas and this collaborative thing that gave way to you know all the homebrew people and then all of that led to the computer revolution and this and and it's it's some Silicon Valley homebrew, homebrew the uh, like the, the the bash client and operating service or language not the not or the the, the hacker hackathon not the Creating your own beer, <laughs> yes, right. for the the non computer. The, the, what we what we disparage as Silicon Valley is the uh, maturation, I think, of a positive, like collaborative spirit. And right now, it's in a sort of immature phase where it's all these companies that most of them are going to go out of business that are um, and they're not nice to women. And we're going to talk about that in our next segment. Uh, um, but it, but I think that as it continues to mature and as that. As technology ability and pe- the ability for people to build things that work spreads throughout society, eventually what we c- are currently calling the Silicon Valley um, ethic is going to solve a lot of problems that, you know, and we need to solve a lot of problems. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I just think I agree with you that we should use techno- leverage technology and a, a new spirit of kind of uh, uh, in- innovation to solve the world's greatest problems and try our best to do that. I, I am skeptical in its application, especially when one of the employees of one of the biggest technology companies writes a screed like the one or the uh, like the one we're about to talk about. Uh, so yeah, so and and um, I won't go into Google Glass. Um, oh, well, did you read the article about the like the like Google Glass being used in like yeah, it's like the reinvention of Google yeah. Glass is where it's like in a factory setting, not in a yeah. And the funny thing about it is kind of to what we're talking about is that. Um, they were like, "What you know? You don't have to change the world with the good. Like you can come up with a product that just helps industrial workers do right. their jobs better. That's actually what you probably would have done if you were anyone but Google. Right? Yeah. And you would come out with this thing that's totally useful at helping you know pilots and like even I can even imagine in some horrible horrible universe in which I will have already committed suicide, where desk workers you know at my company have to just wear their Google Glass while they're in front of their computer, like." That's I mean, a way better be application. Plugging in uh, HTC Vibes in the next five years and just teleporting to work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's uh, my dream. That, that, that's kind of an, a, a, an example of how how grandiose their um, their goals are. So Google, um, there was uh, this guy, this misanthropic uh, employee, um, misogynist employee, who wrote a a. Um, he wrote a, an internal manifesto. He just, I mean, all it is is one guy wrote something stupid and it got on the internet because it's... I kind of got halfway through it and stopped reading it because I was kind of like, uh, I can't take any more of this. Basically, he's saying that uh, women, uh, you know, um, uh, there's there are many diversity initiatives at Google. They're trying to get more women into, into tech and this is misguided because there are biological differences that separate... Women for men, and and they also happen to dictate that women are bad at tech or some shit. Yeah, um, it's it, it's really. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, there was a uh, engineer that wrote a good response to this. Who was like, this guy doesn't understand engineering right. or yeah. gender. Like yeah. he, he, 
every piece of research counters this. Um, I, I really, I, I don't, I think it's being roundly criticized. And again, it's not a, an official statement of Google. Um, I, there's one thing I'd like to say about it, and I don't think that much else needs to be said in general. We could talk about it for as long as we want, but yeah. um, the 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 reason I think uh, why why it's important to so I think one of the things that he kind of um, the, one of the questions he begs is why does why do we need to care about women in tech um, beyond the fact that like we're striving for equality and we're trying to end. Uh, you know, this, the socialization of harmful gender norms, you know, that like limit people's careers. Aside from that, in a broad sense, why do we want more women in tech? And I think that the answer beyond the fact that, uh, you know, Uber is bad to women and, and they're having a tough time in that industry specifically, because of what we were just talking about, because I think that the, the prospects of tech are going to be very magnified as as it progresses mm-hmm. and as, te- as technology gets better. Um, what technology? I think that you, it's important to give women more access to that. One of the, the I see technology uh, and like digital technology. The main Im- influence of that on us as a species is that it is finally allowed a conduit to allow the smartest people in the society to own it. To, and I'm not saying that like the people that are that are the the capitalists that have made the most money off of tech in 2017 are the smartest people in the world. I'm saying that you have basically created a way for pure math to be translated into real world results. Yeah. And the way I look at coding as someone who and you're way you're an engineer. I'm not. I'm not an engineer. I'm not. I'm a product manager. I'm not an engineer. A product yeah. manager. I mean, yeah. you have to know technical knowledge. Yeah. Um, you basically, in, in, the, in the form of, uh, of binary language, you have created a language that Isaac Newton could have spoken fluently. He doesn't have to translate, you know, any of his thoughts into uh, try to convince someone else to do something, you know. It, you, you can build something based on, uh, on pure applied human rationality and achieve a specific outcome and not only that but have that work at scale. And so technology's uh, ability to put these this people that are best at this, the smartest minds in the world, directly in control of the of the existence that we that we're immersed in, is I think what's going to define technology going forward. And giving half of the human species access to that is an imperative now. That's why I think that women in tech is a specific issue that we should care about now, more so than just generally in other industries. Yeah, I think though, here's the thing. I, I certainly do not endorse what this guy said, but I just think it's a problem. I think the issue and where the backlash and these nerds uh, that are like, where these angry nerds like this guy who wrote this Google Manifesto thing that was leaked on Gizmodo is that they they feel, I think like now that nerd culture has kind of become the, the main, like geek and computer culture has become, I mean, it's not only become the, a, a means of, capital advancement and it uh and that kind of stuff but it's just the mainstream it's just like what everyone's doing so i think it's i think it is a problem that will solve it so i think it's like a lot of the 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 push for women in tech i mean i i'm biased too because my mom worked for ibm so i like grew up around women in tech anyway so i was like i never understood i never understood it where i was like why are we pushing i was like all like all the girls uh, girls i knew and i grew up in westchester county too where i was like i mean certainly Engin- computer engineering and computer science tends to, the in, in when I grew up, bias towards men, uh, and I don't think that should be the case. I don't think I think we should just it should just be whoever's interested whoever's interested in technology, 
Like, it should do it. Like, well, that's the case now, yeah. though. But the question is, why are they not electing to become more, to pursue it more? I don't know. Uh, well, that's, I, I have no, and that guy gave a bunch of reasons that I don't agree with. But I have, I don't know what the solution is because my, like, my parents were from a generation prior to ours and they both pursued technology when it was, like, at a time when, in the late 70s, where it was like, you do a punch cards, you, you fucking nerd. <laughs> like, you know, they're just like getting beat up. You know, like my parents were nerds. They met on a public finance project. <laughs> you know, like, like they, they were, and they did study computers and work for IBM. And my dad essentially has the same job that I do, except instead of for a hospital, he does it for a bank. <laughs> like, so it's like, it's, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I think, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm wholeheartedly on board. And some of the, I mean, as somebody who works in technology, the 100% of the smartest people I work with are women um, and and are fully capable and, and are, are... So I just... I have a whole cognitive disconnect with this whole, yeah, the whole controversy right. where I'm just like, I don't understand. And also, I just... I don't understand the people who walk into the workplace and are just... And maybe that's the guy's point where it's like, well, why are we focusing on this? And maybe I am actually, by accident, endorsing that. Like I, I, like I said, I don't endorse what he, the way he framed it or his perspectives on gender. Um... I just think I'm like, yeah, it is important. I think I agree with your statement where it's like, hey, every, everyone should have access to the – we should all share in the big pie that's coming in um, for sure. I think, I think the thing that the, – the one thing that I would say that he, that he said that I agree with is that um, you, let's not measure the effect let's – not, let's not put in these OKRs or the, like these objectives about uh, diversity – and and just look at those. Let's use those to measure how the success of you know more uh, root cause addressing prob- uh, solutions are faring. You know, use OKRs to um, like we don't have enough women. We need more women. It's like well to do you know like there needs to be a lot of groundwork done, and, and I'm sure Google's doing a lot of that. Um, yeah, I mean I. I you know, I, I kind of empathize with the idea of let's broaden the Overton window on this issue. But that guy seemed like he just had not met a lot of intelligent women, and my guess is he hasn't talked to a lot of women in general. No, he just seemed like it seemed like a, just an angry. He's just an angry nerd. He's just like a guy who's the just, internet has well defined ways to deal with a, ba- a beta like that. Like a, he got sucked into like a Reddit like red pill yeah, forum, yeah. and, and then we just like got spit out the other side, and and now it's probably ruined his career. <laughs> oh, for sure, ruined yeah. his career. Yeah. Brian, what is the funniest thing about Zuckerberg being president? I don't know. There. <laughs> It's that the ultimate legacy of the slacker generation is that none of them became president. Oh yeah, we just completely <laughs> leapfrog. Like, there's no, there's no. Well, who would be the best slacker president? It would be like, like, uh, like some dick, like Billy Corgan. <laughs> 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 or like, who would be a good? I mean, you know, RIPs now for uh, Chris Cornell and Kurt Cobain, and uh, yeah, you just, I mean, yeah, like anything, anyone from Reality Bites, like Winona Ryder, would probably be a good, uh, uh, yeah, there good you slacker go. president. Keanu, Keanu Reeves would be a great slacker president. Uh, Bill and Ted, uh, he looks great. He looks vice great. presidents. Bill and Ted, we should just do that. And they travel through <laughs> the time. Bill, Bill and Ted ticket. They would, they, they would go back, use the time machine, get Abraham Lincoln, and he would be their policy <laughs> advisor. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, all right. Thanks to Silicon Valley technology, we're going to work on that uh, so we can bring back Abraham Lincoln and fix all this bullshit. All right. Well, anyway, so are we wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, so? Hold on. I want to go back. Start where we start. Where finish where we started. 
Uh, what's your bold prediction for the Cutler, man? For Jay Cutler and my... Oh, opinion. God, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, I think, realized that uh, he was going to have to do research on a week-to-week basis to be a broadcaster. So he's like, eh, just go back to throwing interceptions instead. <laughs> Smoking <laughs> Jay. Smoking Jay. Uh, he's yeah. like, oh, Ryan Tannehill's out for the season. Do you see the pictures from his, his press conference? All of them were just him, like... Brushing his hair back and being like, I, I guess I'll do this. I Whatever, I'll, I'll take ten million dollars. I have a prediction. My prediction is that he will he will have a Ryan Fitzpatrick twenty fifteen kind of year, and and Dolphins take a wild card spot. He's gonna throw eighteen touchdowns and nineteen interceptions. But the Dolphins are gonna. Be, I think the Dolphins are gonna. Yeah, the Dolphins. Are, well, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick did, and the Jets barely missed the playoffs. I think and. I it's, mean, a, it's a weak division, that's for sure. I, mean, I know. So, well, they're not. They're not going to be the Patriots, though. Well, uh, right, you know, Tom Brady goes down or something. Maybe. Uh, they I do Chad Pennington uh, in uh, in uh, 2010 or whatever. Uh, bold prediction. I'm not happy about it, but bold prediction: Dolphins. Dolphins win a wild card spot. I say. Dolphins oh Jesus Christ! That, I thought you were going to say something like more reasonable than that. Um, more reasonable than that? There's no way they're winning a wild card spot. I think I, I'll bet you. I'll bet you money they're not going to. What do you want to bet? How, how sure are you? I'll bet. I'll bet twenty bucks. I'll bet twenty bucks. Yeah, hell no. All right, we're shaking hands right now. Twenty bucks. The Dolphins. I'm saying the Dolphins are no way in hell they're gonna make it. And look out for my future oncoming blog posts about every Jets. I will watch every Jets game this season, not preseason. I'm not subjecting myself to the torture of preseason, but I will watch every single Jets game on television or in person. And I will write a blog post about it. I will not be on my phone. I will not be live tweeting it. I'll just be watching the Jets lose. Probably. What is the benefit of this? Why would you do this? I want because <laughs> Lenny, there's there's something about commitment, and there's something about when people hate themselves so much. The Jets are committed <laughs> to tanking. I know that's why I think it's this is the NFL, the Directv's. That's my point. I want to I want to show everybody that I'm just going to sit there and watch this team lose every Sunday while I just right, waste man. waste four Could, hours. I'm, of my life. I'm with you in spirit, not at all. In I will person. do it, and I will report back, and we'll see how my mental health. Let's see if I have CTE by the end. Of this all right, for, for an imminently, I may have an imminently demented Brian Fasano. I am I'm probably going to drink a lot. Yeah, imminently <laughs> alcoholic, uh, demented yeah. Brian Fasano. I'm Lenny DeFranco. Yeah. And you've been you've been caught in the license zone. Ooh, you've been licensed. <laughs> <laughs>